Hi, everybody. My name is Giselle, and I'm the digital marketing strategist here at Texas State University. You're listening to Office Hours, and today I'm here with Adriana. Adriana, what's up? Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Yeah, so you got to speak with Jason Reed, one of the photography professor here at Texas State. Not the, but he is a professor. Them, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. How'd that go? Really awesome. He is the exact person you would think of when you think photography professor. So yeah. It was really cool going in to meet him. We talked a lot about pushing yourself out of your own bubble and your boundaries. I thought that was really awesome because we bonded on that a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it was an awesome conversation. I love sitting in and hearing you guys talk about it and yeah. just vibe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed this conversation with Adriana and Jason Reed. Can you introduce yourself and what you do here at Texas State? My name is Jason Reed, and I'm a photography professor at Texas State. I'm also a fellow at the Center for Study of the Southwest. I'm going to ask you a silly question to get started as like an icebreaker. What's your ultimate sandwich? I like an Italian sandwich with the peppers. I like the sweet peppers. It's like a great Italian sandwich. That's solid. There's like yeah. the Soprano at Ike's. Have you had that? No. It's like a, a huge Italian sandwich. Oh, it's really good. Okay. I might have to lean Italian too. Yeah. Let's get started on where you are now. What's your first memory of having a camera? That would be when I was probably seven or so. I'm trying to, I always like try to think of my childhood now. To, I have a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old. So I like, oh wait, when I was that age, I was doing this, you know, I think around seven or so I had like a little point and shoot camera. It's like actually sitting up there on the shelf somewhere. It's called a snappy Q. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just a little point and shoot film camera. So this is like in the 80s. So no digital, mm-hmm. right? Um, my dad was a, a pretty serious amateur photographer. So cameras were around and there were a lot of pictures being made of like family stuff, vacations out in the field, things like that. And so I saw my dad do it a lot. My grandpa had Polaroids and brownie cameras also, which are up there, some of them. Which are so cool. This was all film, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the early days, I'd say like three or four years ago, I actually was going through my parents' stuff, looking at old pictures, showing my daughters and stuff. And I found some of those first pictures I made out of the car window. I'm trying to think of when I first picked up a camera. Was it a camera phone? <laughs> Probably actually. Yeah. Or like the little camcorders that you like flip open. Yeah. It was that kind of thing. When was the moment that you knew this was it? When you knew photography was your passion? I guess in graduate school, actually, after I decided already to try photography, like I got an undergraduate degree in geography from University of Texas. And so I was interested in photography from a young age, like I said, and I was making pictures. And in high school, I guess I was like the photography kid in some ways. I was on the newspaper and whatever, but I never really did what they wanted. I just made weird pictures and weird pictures of my friends and stuff like that. I grew up in San Angelo, which is this little West Texas town. And I was like trying to find like the weirdest films I could and read poetry and you know as a kind of real art yeah yeah all you could. like I re- watched Dead Poet Society over and over again <laughs> and now I look back and I watch it again and it's kind of like oh that's kind of cheesy but when you're like in West Texas and you're like searching for yeah. something different that was like this outlet I was interested in something else but I decided I really wanted to study kind of history and I was interested in the history of the land and all of that so geography was my undergraduate major but I had really great geography professors that encouraged me to make photographs 
as geographic exploration. And geography and photography really aren't that far apart. A lot of it's about looking. And so they really encouraged that. And they said, think about going to graduate school for photography. And so that's what I did. And so it wasn't really till then when I was like, okay, I'm going to do this, I think. My dad was like a salesman for a pharmaceutical company, and but he really wanted to be an artist. So he was like, yeah, go for it. You know, he kind of wanted me to, I wouldn't say he like lived through me, although a little bit. Yeah, just do it, live your dream because he couldn't. Yeah, he tried and it just didn't like he had to like go get a corporate job. He, I think, has regrets about like not really going for it. Yeah. And so he was always like, yeah, just take the risk. My parents are the same way. So I love that. What was the hardest lesson that you had to unlearn when you were in college? I had to unlearn that school was uninteresting. In high school, I didn't, again, kind of connected to this idea of like searching for resources and movies and I wouldn't say my high school teachers in West Texas were like that knowledgeable of culture. And so I felt lost and I thought school was pointless and uninteresting. And I went to college because it was just like expected. When I went to college, it was like, oh, school is actually really amazing. I just fell in love with the world of ideas that, that professors were engaged with and like really interesting classes about urban geography and historical geography and took all the kinds of things I could take. I took Chicano art history classes. I took astronomy classes. I was just like, it stay forever. Yeah. Unlearning that like school was boring or a pain. Did you have a mentor in school? In college, I had a few. Yeah. In geography, I was just talking to my wife about this this morning, wondering where he is now. I saw him a few years ago, but Professor Davies was a geography professor. When I was there at UT, he probably had already been there 25 years. I mean, I really bugged him a lot. I knocked on his door like every day and he always invited me in and just told me weird stuff about research he was doing. He was from Wales and so he did a lot of research around coal mining. Actually, I got to study abroad with him my final year in England. And we drove the charter bus to Wales and into the little town that he grew up in. And he had the guy drive us by his house and we just stopped. <laughs> and then he just told us like what it looked like in the 50s growing mm -hmm. up there and talked about his dad coming home from the coal mines. And I did a, a kind of a, a summer honors class or something with him, like an independent study kind of situation. And I went in and I was like all organized I'm like I'm gonna go do this kind of historical geographic analysis of this one neighborhood and he was like no you're not you're gonna go to the St. John's neighborhood and you're gonna write a 20 page paper on that and I was like okay where's the St. John's neighborhood yeah. he's like figure it out next week meet with me tell me what you saw in the St. John's neighborhood and who you talked to and so he just blew up my like very crafted idea and made me go do something that I didn't expect and I ended up writing my undergrad thesis on St. John's. Nice. Also in art history, because I, I minored in art history, I took all these Chicano art history classes um, with Amelia Malagamba, and she just opened my eyes to all kinds of ideas around privilege, around histories of the borderlands that I had never thought about, histories of West Texas, where I was from, that I had never thought about. And that really influenced my work today. When you're teaching your photography classes, how do you ensure that students are focusing on finding their own style instead of just doing the assignment? Oh, that's a good one. I mean, a lot of it's like trying to get to know the students as much as you can, like trying to unpack their influences, like where are they coming from? So you kind of have to meet them where they're at. At the same time, like I just mentioned with Davies, you kind of have to throw things at them and be like, you're going to go do this now. My assignments tend to be open ended. I mean, they get more open ended as the classes advance. But even in like photo one, for example, 
for a portrait project. Go make three portraits. Well, I'm not telling you who to photograph. And we talk about that. It's a lot about like you're deciding as the photographer, who do I point the camera at and how do I engage with them? Who are those people? How do I position them? So there's a world of possibilities in that that I'm not dictating. So I try to be the kind of banks of the river so that they can like kind of navigate how they want and kind of flow how they want and explore the areas that they're really curious about. Because that's the most important thing is like if they're not doing something they're curious about. I mean, this is true in photography and sociology and history and marketing and everything. If you're not curious about the thing you're exploring, you're not going to care. You're not going to do a great job at it. So it's trying to open them up to like what their curiosities might be within the confines and limitations of the assignment. Can you like tell when someone, I guess, put more effort to find a style rather than just like sort of just doing the assignment? You can tell when people mail it in and sometimes they mail it in because they're super stressed. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's something we really learned with COVID, I think. I think we got to see into the lives of students more. And really, I think a lot of professors have come out of that really trying to meet the students where they're at even more, maybe. I think I was always inclined to try to do that, but even more now. What's something your younger self would not believe about yourself today? That I'm working at a school, like <laughs> teaching. Yeah. Well, my younger self would have been a, in the MBA. If oh, I had okay, a choice. right. Yeah. <laughs> I would have thought I would have gone into something to do with sports. Again, because I was just like not connected to the academic side of things. To me, it was like basketball was like going to be my pathway. But it just didn't. When I got to high school and I became weirder, and it didn't mesh with the kind of West Texas sports basketball culture, which is really football mm -hmm. with the basketball. But definitely I would have thought I'd be like a coach or something or like in sports somehow. I see that. I could never like I always tell my mom, she's like, you should be a professor. And I was like, I couldn't imagine it. But I never know in 20 never years know. where I'll yeah, be. Right. Yeah. <laughs> What's your motto when it comes to pushing out creative work? Slow. Slow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really slow. That's like, I feel like that's I mean, good well, though. Yeah, Meditated. It depends. It depends on what I'm doing, I guess. Like for my own work, I'm really slow because I'm indecisive. I think it's good to be slow. There's a photographer, Henry Wessel, who just passed away a couple years ago, who I really love. He shoots all this film and then he works on all these prints and he's so behind, five years behind. So he's like working on prints from pictures he made five years before. Because when you make a photograph, you love it. It's so great. But if you wait a year, you realize this other one is actually better. And so that distance and that slow pathway towards making, I think is important. On other projects like Borderland Collective, which is this education art community-based organization, went to Washington State with my colleague, Mark Minjavar, who teaches in studio. And we were working with farm workers families in Washington State in the Yakima Valley. Those kind of projects have to have a quicker turnaround. It depends on the projects, yeah. you know, so I don't know if I have like a standard motto. But like for your personal work. Yeah, slow for slow. my personal work, right. slow and steady. You've published multiple books that are based on your photography in your hometown and the surrounding areas. What has the process of getting your work published been like? I come from like a DIY kind of culture. And partly that's just like growing up in West Texas. I didn't go down like a streamlined like art path to get access to like blue chip galleries and tons of money and things like that. In terms of the books that I've put out and zines and newspapers and all these kinds of things, a lot of it's like scrapping money together, little grants here, my own money. There's that component. And then in terms of the labor of it and the, the production of it, it's really it's like long-term projects. So like this, I just put out this book called Fieldwork, which is pictures of 
really of my father-in-law more than anything. And basically they've been on that same plot of land for three generations or so farming. It's really kind of a meditative project, but it was like basically 20 years or so of photographing to make that book. Yeah. Do you publish it on your own? I don't know. How, how do you publish yeah, those so sort the, of things? So the fieldwork book I did self-publish. I just started my own publishing house called Victory in the Wilderness Museum. And I put my book out first and then I published other stuff since then. We had a visiting artist, Hope Mora, come last semester who is an alum of our program and has gone on to do amazing things and makes photographs of Pecos, Texas, where she's from. Under Victory in the Wilderness Museum, we published her book in collaboration with the Center for Southwest Studies. So I used my first book to kind of launch this other project where I could publish other people's work. The Borderland Collective book that I just published was with Spectre Books out of Germany. And that was kind of a more traditional like proposals sent around to different publishers. So I've done it different ways. That's cool. What advice, if any, would you give me as I move through my college career? Well, you're already doing something good by like doing a podcast. That's awesome. Like, again, it's like doing stuff. I mean, that would be the advice I give any student, that DIY thing. You got to make things happen while you're in college. Go to class. Let's start there. Don't skip. Take it in. You don't have to agree with anything. Debate your professors because they love nothing more. (laughs) Right. Challenge us. Bring up ideas. Question us, you know, Mm -hmm. knock on your professor's doors and ask them questions. Go to office hours. I need to do that more. Yeah. That's my goal this semester is to go go actually talk to my professors like this. You're doing it right now. (laughs) Right. I know. But when it's them, it's like they're like icons, you know, they're like the people. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. So lastly, what's the next big thing for you? What are you looking forward to? I have a little fellowship with the Portal to Texas History, which is this like online database of images and records from across Texas. It's like a clearinghouse. They've gotten all these libraries and stuff to digitize all these records and stuff. And so I got a little fellowship with them to work on a book about oil. So that's what I'm going to be working on over the next year. Nice. Yeah. It's a big project. Oil's huge. Yeah. So I got to figure it out. Thank you for doing this. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate you coming. Thank you for listening to this episode of Office Hours. We hope you enjoyed this conversation and make sure you tune in next time to learn more about the experiences of our amazing Texas State faculty. And also remember to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at TXST. This podcast is a production of the Division of Marketing and Communications at Texas State University. Podcasts appearing on the Texas State University Network represent the views of the host and guests, not of Texas State University. Once again, I'm Adriana, and I'll see you next time. Bye.